You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 289. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 289. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful girl. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty dang good. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you. I'm excited to connect and talk to the audience a little bit today. Yes, me too. I have a topic, actually, that I can't believe I haven't done before. Mm. And it has something is something that's been coming up in Deep Down and Dirty, which is kind of my signature program that I teach. And we've been talking about it. Oh, that old thing? <laughs> oh, that transformational <laughs> program? And we've been talking a lot about forgiveness, both for self and for others. And I've done a mm. podcast before on forgiving yourself. Yes. But I wanted to do one specifically around forgiving other people. Yeah. And what that looks like when it's different, when it's not an internally focused problem. It's actually creating a lot of like bitterness or resentment or blame mm. or inability to move on from things because sure. you're so angry at somebody in the past. Absolutely. Right? So we're we're gonna jump into that today because I think mm. I think I've got quite a few things to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. That's a good topic. I think that'll resonate with the audience. I think so too. And and we're gonna talk specifically about when you really don't think they deserve it. You know, like forgiving somebody who really did something deplorable or unacceptable, or maybe it was a parent, the way they raised you, uh, or check, check. Check. Yeah. And, (laughs) and so we'll, we'll look at that. Like, what do you, how do you even approach that? If you feel like they don't deserve it, they don't deserve it. Mm. But I say we pass the mic to you and, and get them warmed up a little bit. Let's warm it up with a little segment that we like to call... Would you rather? Would you rather? That's right. The would you rather. And today's would you rather is, would you rather have the hours you're able to sleep be either 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. or 12 p.m. to 12 a.m.? So you get a 12-hour block of when you can sleep. Jeez. Okay. Okay. So either going to sleep at noon or going to sleep at midnight. I think I'd pick midnight. Yeah, a little night owlish. Go, okay. Uh, so you go to sleep at midnight and you wake up at noon the next day. Well, you don't have to, but those are the hours that you're able to sleep. Like your job might require you to be up and at work by eight. So oh. right. So you're the hours that you're able to sleep. You can't sleep any other hours but those. Oh, the plot. Thickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a twelve-hour sleep. That'd be amazing. I see. Okay. Or the other option is you go to bed at noon. Yeah, you go to bed at noon, but you have to wake up or you have to be up by 12 a.m. I just can't see that working. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just can't see That'd that. That'd be hard to adjust to, wouldn't it? I mean, you could go to bed at 8 at night and wake up at midnight, get four hours sleep, or go to bed at 6 p.m. and get six hours sleep. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't though. Like I don't, it, it, to me, it feels like if I can, if I can go to bed at noon, then like that's pretty, that pretty much only works if you work night shifts. Yeah. Right. Right. Where that would be any type of ideal. Cause I'm like, no, I mean, I teach in the evening sometimes mm-hmm. and I have kickboxing and I can't be like waking up at midnight. No. So I think yeah. I, I think I'd have it. So I can't fall asleep at like 10 or 11. No, you can. I'm just saying those are the hours that you can sleep. You, not if not... I pick 12 midnight. 12 midnight is like that's when I could start to sleep. Yeah, if you that's that's when you start to sleep, but let's say you go to bed at 4 p.m. Yeah. You have to wake up at 12 p at 12 p.m. Right, right. Yeah, right? no, I see what you're saying. But That's like 8 hours of sleep, right? So that's what I'm saying is you have a 12 hour gap. It doesn't mean you have to sleep the whole 12 hours. Right. You just have to sleep within that time frame. I know. But what I'm saying is if I pick from midnight to 12 a.m., mm-hmm. I don't, I can't go to sleep at 10, 10 p.m. It's not on no, my window. Not an option. It's not mm-hmm. an option. Nope. So I think that that's closer to where I'm at now than <laughs> the other one. Yeah. So yeah, I think I picked that. How about you? Uh, yeah, that's the one I'd pick because you could go to sleep. Like, I have clients in the afternoon. I can't go put Be, that as my sleep time. Right. And we know? both determined that we need sleep or else yes. things are not. I need my eight hours. They're not good. Well, we would Welcome love to hear what, what you would rather. And we talk about this every week over in our After Hours community, which is a private Facebook group that I started specifically for the audience. And it's really such a cool group. There's a, probably about 1,200 of us over there. And I run a very tight ship, so nobody's going to be selling you fucking protein shakes or like lame shit like that. Uh, so I can't. <laughs> I can't pimp my protein bars, my no, keto bars. you can't. You cannot yeah. do that. We're here to talk about personal development and support one another. And on Thursdays, I do additional trainings that are really cool where you can submit questions that have come up for you throughout the week. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. I mean, it's yes. a good time. And Mr. Smith pops in and regulates. Not again. I'm around. He, he regulates on the, the would you rather, which is kind of hilarious when people explain their reasoning and, and things like that. So be sure to pop over there. All you got to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to the Facebook group. And you can come hang out and let us know what you would rather for this week, which is always fun. That's fun. Fun. Funny and fun. So funny and fun. Funny and fun. Let's talk <laughs> about forgiveness. Let's shall do we? it. Forgiving other people, especially when they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I want to start by talking about what forgiveness is and what it is not. Because I think that we get really convoluted with the idea of forgiving. In essence, we believe that it's giving somebody something they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Like we're actually doing somebody a favor. And I want you to really change your perspective about what forgiveness really means. Ooh, I knew you were going to say this. So, yeah, you're on to me? You're on mm, I'm on to you. Mm-hmm. Well, the first item of business is to understand what it is, okay? So what it is, is a choice. And the choice is essentially to not suffer over a deed any longer, all right? So when you say, I forgive my ex-husband or ex-wife, or I forgive my father, or I forgive my mother for the way that I was raised. It does not mean that 
it's okay, whatever they did, which we'll talk about in a second. Or that it's forgotten. Or that it's forgotten even. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Or that there's not boundaries to be established or all that. What we're saying is I choose not to suffer over that deed any longer. I choose not to carry the burden of the shit my dad said to me any longer. I choose not to allow all that shit that went down with my ex to permeate how I view love now. I am not going to suffer over that person, that deed, that thing that was said anymore. That's what the choice is about. And what it also is, is backing up that choice with your self-talk and your behavior. Mm, that's a big one right there. We'll, we'll dig into that and talk about that a little bit more as we go along. So that's what forgiveness is. It is just a choice, all right? It's a choice that you're not going to suffer over the past anymore, and you're going to choose to back that up with how you speak to yourself and what you choose to do. And we'll we'll look into that a little bit further. We're going to back that thing up. We're going to back that thing up. So <laughs> the what forgiveness is not, and this is where I think we get really tangly, it is not saying that what that person did or what that person said was okay mm -hmm. or acceptable or even tolerable, permissible, any of that stuff that you would ever allow it to happen again in the future? Absolutely not. And forgiveness is not saying that you're going to just go back to how things were before that misstep happened, right? So a lot of times we think, okay, if I forgive somebody, that must mean I let them back into my life or I don't have any boundaries or barriers. You can forgive somebody and still choose to not have them in your life. You can forgive yeah. your father and still be boundaried and say, no, I don't want you in my life. Because again, what we are saying is not for them. The forgiveness is not for them. The forgiveness is for you. That's right. Because when you think about these situations, I see this a lot with exes and people who still have a lot of animosity or bitterness or blame towards their ex. It can be extremely challenging, especially if you still have children together that you have to co-parent. And the notion that I usually see is like, he doesn't deserve it or she doesn't deserve it. There's no way that I am going to forgive him. He doesn't deserve it. And I'm like, but who is suffering? But do you deserve it? Exactly. Right. Who is suffering? That person might have moved on. They might be just fine. They might be miserable. Who knows what their life is like? But what I can tell you is when you are in that blamey, bitchy, victimy place, you are suffering, my friend. So when you hold on to that death grip of they don't deserve my forgiveness, keep in mind that that's costing you something. That's typically you still holding on and being in pain. You're probably more snappy when you talk about it. You probably get worked up when you talk about it. That's not powerful. That's exactly. not survivor. That's, That's the word I was thinking of, powerful. It's not. It's yeah. victimy. And nobody intends on being that. All right. So what we've got is forgiveness is a choice, that choice that you need to back up with your self-talk and your behavior. And forgiveness is not condoning the behavior or saying that what was said or done is okay. It's saying, I'm just not going to suffer. I'm not going to carry that burden any longer. Yes. So here's a couple of questions that I want you to start asking yourself. And I would highly, highly suggest 
journaling about these and taking some pen to paper. The first question that I want you to ask yourself is, what am I making up about forgiving this person? Hmm. A lot of times there is some kind of, of a story that we've attached to that forgiveness. And sometimes it's, if I forgive them, then I won't I won't remember the pain of that and I'll allow somebody else to hurt me again. Sure. You know, sometimes we think holding on to that pain is, is really serving us in some way, protecting us in some way. It could be kind of what we were talking about just a second ago, that what you're making up is that you're letting them off the hook, that it's actually about them instead of it being about you. It's not about them. This is about your freedom, about your, what? It's never about them. It's never about them. Well, and you know, another thing that's just kind of popping up as we're talking about this is sometimes the word forgiveness is not palatable for people. Like it just feels Hmm. too intense and kind considering how awful their parents were or their ex or their boss or whoever. So you might want to say a different type of phrasing or terminology, something like I'm letting go of that chapter or I release that or yes, something like that. Yeah. I choose not to suffer over that any longer. I'm releasing that. Taking my power back. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of ways that you can phrase it. If the word forgive just is too much for you right now. And it might also make it a little bit easier for you to make it about you instead of about them. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness might innately feel for you that it's about that other person, you know, forgiving other people. So if you can just say, I'm letting go of the bullshit or I'm not going to suffer over that. I'm not going to attach to that. I'm letting myself off the hook with this. Something like that. So play around with the semantics. What I don't want you to do is just shut down at the word forgive because obviously you're not fully grasping what I'm saying. So I want you to look at what are the words I need to use around this so that I can move forward. And so then you can ask yourself, what am I making up about forgiving this person? Or what am I making up about letting go of the scenario with my dad or moving beyond the issue with my roommate or whoever it happens to be? But get really clear on what's the truth you make up. Most of the time, there's some kind of story there for you to dig into. And then I want you to ask yourself, how is holding on to this blame, this resentment, this non-forgiveness, how is it serving me? Hmm. Now, I know that that might seem like a little bit of an odd question, but everything that we do, even if it causes us pain, we do it for some sort of positive intent. It usually is a way in which we are trying to stay safe. So if you, for instance, are holding on to a bunch of blame, let's say for an ex, and by talking about how shitty your ex is and colluding with other divorcees or people who are not partnered and angry at their ex, you you don't have to look at any of your relationship shit. And you don't have to get back into the dating scene. You can hide behind this pain. Yeah. You can stay small. That, that, there's an element of that that's protecting you, right? That there's, it's giving you something because you're staying there. Sometimes it's just that it's sheer familiarity. Sure. 
It's what we're used to. Ask yourself a little bit about what is that blame, resentment, or bitterness giving you or allowing you right now. Okay. Permission to play small. Usually it's not giving you a bunch of amazing things. Right. But it's doing something that feels like somewhat of a benefit. Then I don't have to really look at this deep stuff. And then I want you to shift gears and I want you to look at how is holding on to this blame, resentment, anger, non-forgiveness, how is it holding me back? And these things might be really similar you might, it's just a kind of a different phrasing, two questions, slightly different phrasing to look at all of the different angles of this. So if you're holding on to blame, it usually is interfering with you being coupled, you know, like a lot of times I'll ask like, gosh, you have so much anger or resentment around your ex. Are you sure that you really want to be in a partnership? Mm-hmm. And people will a lot of times say like, no, I know that's what I want. But because they're so angry and because there's so much past baggage that they haven't looked at, they are taking it with them into the next relationship. So they're automatically more guarded, not as vulnerable, not as intimate, and more so you need to prove shit to me. You start lashing out in certain ways. I oftentimes will say you will start to make your current partner pay for the sins of your ex. Yeah. Well, it's all energy, right? Like, it, it all depends on how you use it. Like, I think another way to look at it is, how is this resentment helping me? Right. Right. I mean, that's the first question. That's the first question of, how is this serving me in some way? Right. How is it helping me? And how is it hurting me? Exactly. Yeah. But I, I don't know. You have to really want to get rid of this. Right. You really have to, like... It, a lot of people like to hang on to this stuff. Mm-hmm. They, it's, it's like almost like they're afraid to let it go. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they're like, I need this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's good to look at it from both sides because maybe it's fueling your new business, and you're like, I'm going to show that motherfucker, or you know, something like that. But still, you have to look at how is that really helping me? Because just that in itself may not be worth it. That's that's a great point too. Yeah, you know, it's it's looking at do those emotions that it pulls up are those powerful for me? Right. Like, do you feel like kick ass in business when you're trying to take somebody else down, or yeah. when you're trying to hold somebody else against the fire? Right. And and I've really had to check myself because there's a handful of people in sort of the online expert space who who I still hold resentment towards because of like podcast interviews we were going to do that fell through. And I just have this like vendetta. And then I stop and I think I'm like, am I, do I want to feel like that? Do mm-hmm. I want to feel angry every time I see a picture of them, right. you know? And ultimately I'm like, I don't want to suffer over that. I don't want to have that emotional current. And so I think it's also really helpful to look at where is it holding you back? Because I think to your point, there's a lot of people that find vindication and validation by colluding, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and this can happen when you're talking shit on a business that you work for, you know, a company you work for, a boss you work for, 
or, you know, a culture that was very much the case for the, my previous work environment. There was a way you spoke about the culture of the environment, you know, and it could be that way for you with an ex-partner or if family members, it's really, really huge with that. So a lot of times if, if you like, let's say you loosen up blame for, let's say body image, and you know that the way your mom talked to you about femininity or about bodies or whatever was extremely disempowering. And you can see a through line with how you feel about your own physicality because of mom. And so there's all this blame and this like, how could you do that to me Mm -hmm. as a young girl, as a young child, even if you're not female or identify as female, that, you know, this was the derogatory understanding that I gleaned about bodies growing up. What that might be holding you back from is actually taking control of your own body and your own health and your own well-being because you're so focused on blame. It's like you get into this place where you're like, well, I can't do anything because look at what my mom did, you know, and you become this victim. You become really helpless. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to link to a blame podcast that I did specifically about that term and That might be another elevation for you guys to look at and go, hmm, okay, I can elevate my level of blame and my level of forgiveness a little bit more so by examining sort of the different monikers is what I'm saying. Sure. And, you know, actually speaking of blame, it's really interesting. I have an exciting announcement. You too? Yes. Well, do you hear a little something in the distance? I do. What is that? You know what it is. I do. It's a free show alert. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. That is right. It is a free shit alert. And you may have heard me talk about this in the past. I'm really excited to announce that I have a new workshop that is available to all of you, completely complimentary, no cost. And I talk a lot about this idea of personal responsibility and how you have to take responsibility for where you are in your life. And usually what's coming up around that is either self-blame or external blame, Mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about here. If you are so dug into blaming yourself or you are blaming other people, you aren't taking responsibility. You aren't moving beyond. You aren't showing up in a way that's powerful. You're actually inadvertently becoming a complete victim to your circumstances. So this workshop is available for you now. Tons of different dates and times are on the docket. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and you will have instant access to it. And what's really cool about this is it chronicles the five key components, like the key shifts that I see that people must make in order to get to this place where they've relinquished people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, and they've moved beyond that stress and overwhelm into a place where they're genuinely happy. And you, you guys know that's what I, that's my forte. It's what I work with people on who don't feel like enough which means they don't speak up for themselves. Yep. They have a hard time with boundaries, hard time with communication, tough conversations, saying no. And all of that has to do with your relationship with yourself. So this workshop covers all five things that I take my students through in order to get them to that place 
where they believe that they're enough and that their voice fucking matters. And mm-hmm. they can actually move beyond some of this blame that we've been talking about. So again, just cruise over to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop, and that will give you more nuggets and details for you to sink your teeth into. All right. So we've got number one, I want you to ask yourself, what am I making up about forgiving this person? What's what's the truth that you've come to here? And then do these these tandem questions here. Number two is, how is holding on to this blame, resentment, or non-forgiveness serving me? Mm-hmm. What's it giving me? And then number three, how is holding on to this blame and resentment holding me back? What is it actually costing me? Where am I not moving forward to things that I actually want Right. because I'm so stuck here? And then number four, if I choose to put this behind me, what will I need to say and do differently? So this one's going to be broken up into two pieces. This is saying things differently and doing things differently. So this is essentially your self-talk and your behavior. So if I choose to put this behind me, what will I need to say, excuse me, say and do differently? So if you decide, let's say, actually, we could even use the example of you dealing with your father. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) (laughs) You knew, you knew. I knew. I, I feel like it was more so of a letting go with him of I'm just not going to ever get that relationship that I desire. And he was so awful to me in my youth that it's done. Like I'm letting it go. I'm it's gone. Right. Well, I think for me, it was, I didn't realize that it was personal power. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted and I wasn't getting what I wanted from what I thought a father should give. Therefore I had resentment for not getting it. Right. But I didn't realize that it was an internal process mm-hmm. because I just felt like it was an external force. Yep. Right? So once I realized that I could control it from within, then it was a different game. Right. Then I knew, okay, this is about me yep. and my relationship mm-hmm. with myself, not with him. Exactly. And once I realized that, I was able to dig through it and kind of realize what was his shit and what was mine. Yep. And then I felt a lot more confident in, in being able to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And you're such a great example of not ever saying what he did, which you guys was pretty fucking egregious. We're not going to get into it here, but. Yeah, let's not. He was really, <laughs> really pretty awful as far as parenting goes. And you would have every reason in the world to stay bitter and angry and and have a lot of animosity towards him. And you chose not to. And I think it's so so obvious that it's I'm still very boundaried with him. You know, mm-hmm. he has since passed on. Sure. But you just because you forgave and moved on did not mean that he was a part of our life right. at all. Didn't mean that you were going to forget. That's right. So when people say, Is it okay if I don't forget? Yeah, that's fine. Right. That's a part that's the boundaries piece. Something else is you said someone would have every right to have resentment and anger, mm-hmm. but you also have every right to live your best life. Yes. So what choice do you make? Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I would exactly. much rather take the road where I feel a lot more ease and comfort and, and I'm not hanging on to that shit. That's exactly right. You know, it's a lot easier. And I don't, it's when I say I don't forget, it doesn't mean that I think about it all the time. Right. It just means that it's not forgotten. 
Right. Right. It, it is just means not you're forgotten. Not, you're not, you don't get to walt, waltz back in. That's right. You don't get second chances. Forgiveness right. does not mean second chances. <laughs> or third or fourth, fifth chances. Forget and forgive are two different things. It, they sure. really are. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing that. And I think thank you. there's, it's really important here when you look at, if I did make this decision to forgive this person, you do need to back that up with your self-talk and your behavior. So with some of those examples that we used earlier, if you have decided that you're going to move beyond your ex, let's say, and you're forgiving them, that means you have to watch what you do. Like mm. that means if you're watching like Real Housewives or like these <laughs> divorce shows or divorce court or things like that that get you all pissed off. That's your own behavior that you're choosing that's anchoring you into a lack of forgiveness. Or that means you don't get to go collude with all of your friends who are divorcees about your exes, right? Sure. Like that means you have to watch what you are doing and you have to also watch what you're saying, self-talk. So again, if we're in that same sort of scenario and you see somebody who's really happy, let's say, maybe you're scrolling through Facebook and somebody you went to high school with is getting married and you're like, oh my gosh. And the first self-talk that pops in is, oh, it's not going to last. All men are dogs or all women's fucking suck or relationships don't last. That's a piece of your self-talk that is rooted in a lack of forgiveness. Hmm. So you need to change that shit too, right? So if every time you see people who you used to work with and your go-to is to talk shit on the company or the boss – you need to change that behavior. You need to say, guys, I, you know, I know that was like a really shitty situation, but I have found that if I keep focusing on it, it just gets me more and more pissed. Yeah. And you have to do that. You have to say something differently. If you notice thoughts going off in your head, like, well, what if I have a shitty boss again? Or what if this? What if that? You have to stop yourself in those moments and change the self-talk. You have to do it in those exact moments. So you've got to figure out. The answer to this question, if I choose to put this behind me, what will I need to say and do differently? So that's checking in on that self-talk and that behavior. All right. So number five is to declare your forgiveness or letting go or putting it behind you, whatever you want to say, and condition it through self-talk and behavior. So one of the things that I like that really kind of crystallizes a declaration is to do something symbolic. So if you have decided that you want to forgive somebody, you can go to like the dollar store and get a helium balloon and write like, I forgive and like release it. You can, there's paper that I really like called flying wish paper that I'll link to it. Actually, Oh yeah. That is cool stuff. Let me write flying wish paper. It's actually, paper that once you burn it, it literally evaporates into thin air. So that's kind of a cool ritual thing that you can do. It could be something where you tell a therapist or a support group or a church leader or a counselor, a coach, a group you're a part of where you feel safe, where you declare, I'm going to move beyond this, where you actually just say it. Maybe you tell a partner, I'm going to move beyond the shit with my, my dad. Here's how you can support me. Something like that. So the choice, the actually the declaration, I think it's important that you do something. It can even be buying yourself a pendant that's like wings or something. It's like me spreading my wings and flying away. You know, it could be symbolic like that. 
anything that you want to choose, but there should be something that is demonstrative. Like I, at this point in my life, have decided to make a change here. Yeah. All of that kind of leads me to one point and see if, help me if I'm on track here, but you have to draw a line. Yep. And all of these ceremonial aspects of going at it are really to help you draw that line. That's right. That there's a new chapter happening, right? That that thought pattern is not allowed anymore or... um, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all of it is to change that mindset. So that's what you're trying to get to is whatever it takes to change your mindset. For me, it's just like, boop, I turn a button. You know, I just flip a switch and I'm like, nope, I'm off. Done. You know, like, but a lot of people don't work that way. They need ceremonial exchange to get there. But whatever your method is, is fine. That's right. Just find out what it is because that, and know that the bottom line is that that ceremony is a rebirth Mm -hmm. moment in this aspect. Yeah. Right? It's funny that you bring up the line because when I was, I've actually done this at a retreat before too. When I was in coaching school, we had, they put tape on the floor and we had to stand behind the line and talk about what we were letting go of or whatever. And then it was, I think it was things we were saying no to, things we were saying yes to. And then the things we would say yes to, we were crossing over the line and like making this declaration and they were receiving us and clapping. And, and so it was, it was a declaration, right? But that doesn't really mean anything unless you follow it up with, self-talk and behavior. Like you have to follow through with action. So that's one step. That's basically the choice step. Then we have to condition the choice. And this is like for anything else. It's like the decision when you make a decision to get healthy, let's say. Like you have that moment when you're like, fuck this. And you buy all your new containers for food and you buy your new gym equipment and you buy and you've already (laughs) made the decision. Now you actually have to do the work. You have to prep the meals. You have to lift the weights. That is exactly what's happening here. So you make the throwdown. You make that declaration, that decision, which you can do even just a walking over a line of this is symbolic or it could be getting rid of past memorabilia that you've kept in the house that you know keeps you locked into this old paradigm of not forgiving or letting go. And it can be as simple as that. Or writing a letter, you know, sometimes writing a letter of forgiveness, being really clear, like, this is what this means. This is does not mean what you did was okay. In fact, mm-hmm. I find that still very foul and unacceptable, but I'm not going to suffer over it anymore. Right. I'm not going to let this haunt my thoughts. I'm going to focus on happiness and love and fulfillment and what I want to create in this world or whatever. That's great that you actually like change it. Not just that those thoughts aren't allowed, but these are the thoughts that I do. Right. Yeah, that's great. And this is a very, very abridged version of some of the work we do in Deep Down and Dirty. Absolutely. And we spend an entire week on forgiveness, actually. And it's, it is, we do a lot deeper dive than this, but there's a huge piece of wrapping your head just around the idea that it's a decision, that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And that it has nothing to do with them, really. They just happen to be a player. That's right. They just happen to be a player. They're the antagonist. That's, that's right. It, that's all. Yeah. All right. So here's what we got. Number one is, what am I making up about forgiving this person? Get clear on your story. Number two, asking yourself, how is holding on to this blame and resentment or non-forgiveness serving me? And then number three, how is holding on to this blame, resentment, non-forgiveness holding me back 
from the things that I know I want. Number four, if I choose to put this behind me, what will I need to say and do differently? So getting really clear on what self-talk needs to happen there and what behavior needs to happen there or what needs to stop. You know, what behavior self-talk needs to stop, what needs to start. And then finally, number five, decide on a method to declare that forgiveness and commit to conditioning it through your self-talk and your behavior. Hmm. And, you know, again, just kind of underlining the, the concepts that we were talking about at the top of the show, which is forgiveness is not condoning the behavior. Right, right. It is again. simply just a choice not to suffer over the behavior any longer. That's it. And you deserve that. You deserve to have that freedom and the happiness that comes along with that when you're not so acutely focused on that. So again, if you want more on this blame element and how that might be holding you back, or if you just genuinely struggle with the feeling of not being good enough and not deserve, you know, being deserving of self-forgiveness or not blaming yourself for things, Hmm. please check out this workshop completely free, all about relinquishing that people-pleasing perfectionism, all that self-doubt so that you can be happy, so you can actually tap into the things that bring you joy and spend time doing those things. So again, that workshop is available for you right now. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. It'll take you right over there. And I think that's everything. Is there anything else you wanted to throw in the space? Throw it out in the studio space. Um, no, I think I think it was a great conversation. Great topic. Yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing Absolutely. your experience too. Thank I you. appreciate it. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out.